I'm on now. Hey. 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 I'm switched on. That's good. Switched on. Wow. Okay. I feel it. Feels good. How's everybody doing tonight? All right. Happy pre-Easter. Yeah. Yeah. Happy happy pre-power day. Yeah. Well, anyway, I've got a couple things I want to give away again tonight before we get started. We're going to have a great night. Oh, yeah. It, come on, it's true. Yeah, it never fails because God never fails. Love never fails. You know, when you show up and God shows up, things happen. You know that? Things happen. You know, something happens when you believe. You know that? When you believe, something always happens when you believe. That's true. So you start believing right now because something's going to happen tonight. Yeah, it's true. Hey, anyway, um, here's a, um, is this a CD or a DVD? I never know. Hey, there's a bunch of them in here, though. Uh, CDs, okay. I do know. I just, I forget sometimes. Three CD series on an acceptable offering. And uh, it's also kind of subtitled, Am I My Brother's Keeper? About Now, this is dangerous. See the fire on it? This one will mess you up, as we say in the States. Mess you up. You get all messed up. This is a series about Cain and Abel. And uh, what, what, what I bring to the conclusion is, is why did God accept Abel's offering and not Cain's offering? Why can you believe in God and seem to come to church and serve God and have a relationship with God, and, and, uh, and, and you just seem to have a, you know, a one-way relationship. And somebody else down the seat or across the aisle or somebody else, you know, they've just got the presence of God all the time in their life, and it seems like you're doing what they're doing. In this series, I tell you why the fire falls on Abel's offering, but why it doesn't fall on Cain's. It's about an acceptable offering. So if you don't have fire in your life and you want some fire in your life and you think you're doing everything you need to do, I'll tell you what it comes down to. It comes down to this. Many Christians give God what they think is good enough instead of giving Him what He asks for. We've determined our own level of what's good enough for God. Anyway, acceptable offering, if you want to know what that is. Hallelujah. There you go. Ah, <laughs> uh, hallelujah. I just I wrote this booklet. Uh, it's, it was really, I designed it to uh, take out on the streets and to witness to people uh, about something that's happening that's really happening in our world today. And uh, it has to do with the year 2012. Uh, is 2012 the end of the world? It, you know, it's, it's all over the news. There's, they're making movies about it now. Uh, it's on, uh, well, the television history channel or whatever you get here. But, uh, you know, th- there's the issue of the main calendar. Uh, with its uh, time elapsing and coming to the end at, uh, uh, in December 21st of 2012 at 11, 11 p.m. And many people believe that's going to be the end of the world. And, uh, and so they're all freaked out and they want to know if it is. Combined with that, there's this planet, a rogue planet called Planet X, the Nibiru planet. And it's, it's on a 3,600-year orbit. It's on an uh, egg-shaped type orbit. And uh, we, we haven't known a lot about it because it's been way out there. 3,600-year orbit, that's a pretty long time, right? Ties in with the flood of Noah. Pretty interesting. But anyway, it's coming at the same time. It's showing up in 2012 and going to come into our orbit and uh, come into the dark rift and come between the sun 
and, and uh, the, the planet Earth, and uh, it has the potential to flip the poles, the magnetic poles on the Earth, and change the climate and everything. Whoa, is this all really real? Yeah. Anyway, so I wrote this booklet on 2012, Is It the End? And uh, Destiny Image, is, if you know who they are, they're a Christian publisher. They're picking it up, and I think we're going to write this into a full, full book. But anyway, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's a great witnessing tool, but it's also, it'll mess with your mind. But it's a good message in the end. And uh, if you want to know if 2012 is the end, you've got to get the book. Anyway, I'm going to give this out over here. Now, okay, there you go, sweetheart. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now, something for everybody. Yay! On our product table um, is a blue card that fits nicely. <clears throat> Designer cards. See, oh, look at all my stuff. I just, my Bible. Is your Bible like that? I just load stuff. I get little utterances and things. Anyway, I fill my Bible up with stuff. This fits in your Bible, see? Now, uh, this, this, this is for everybody. This is free. It's on the product table. So you can take one, two, or three, or four. I think we bought a lot. Maybe a thousand. I don't know. Maybe 500. But anyway, get one and put it in your Bible. What it is, it's a prayer card. It has a breakthrough prayer guide on one side out of Psalms 119, where the writer of Psalms 119, which I happen to believe was David, but no one's brave enough to say it, but, you know, you just know some things in the Spirit. But anyway, it, it, it says, um, <laughs> I got somebody out there styled with me anyway. Yeah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Shaka boom Wow. Anyway, I felt that one clear to my toes. Anyway, you guys can all lighten up. It's okay. It's okay. I'll have fun if you will. Okay. Anyway, in Psalms 119, uh, uh, it, it talks about uh, reviving me or quickening me. And uh, what it really is, is I did a study on it, and it's the seven or eight most common areas where you and I are, have a tendency to fall into sin or disobedience or rebellion. And the writer of Psalms 119 picks that up. And so he brings you into a place, or she brings you into a place, actually, so he brings you into a place uh, that begins to talk about that area. And then at the end of it, it says, but Lord, revive me or quicken me. It says, so revive me according to your word, revive me in your way, revive me in your righteousness, revive me in your loving kindness, which is covenantal, revive me in your justice, your judgment, your mercies. And, uh, Lord, then it says, uh, oh, Lord, revive your work in the midst of my years. So this is a revival prayer guide on one side, but that's not all. Turn it over. Isn't this fun? This is about praying for breakthrough. All right, and uh, so there's the eight covenant names of God, and, and you can position yourself in prayer and faith under the covenant names of God, Jehovah Rapha, Lord who heals, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Nissi, and so forth. And uh, so you can... You can position yourself in prayer and pray these prayers and actually see God manifest his name in your life, all right? So these are free so everybody can have one. So everybody gets these, right? What a good deal. All right, so there you go. Sorry it didn't fly. Okay. All right, we good to go? All right, I feel good to go. I feel, I feel, I was out looking at some cars this afternoon, and I kind of got that V8 thing going now. Yeah, Jesus, help us all. Yeah, yeah, I feel revved up. Uh, feel ready to go. Uh, I, I feel like telling the church, uh, start your engines, you know. Yeah, 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 it's time. Anyway, uh, I have a word for you tonight, and uh, I'm telling you tonight is going to be a night of healing. 
It is going to be a night of miracles and restoration and freedom. And not because I say so, because he said so. Right? And if I preach his word, you know what he always does without fail? He confirms it. Always. So why do I say tonight's going to be a night of healing? Because I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to preach the word, and he always confirms his word. So I will guarantee you tonight there will be people healed here tonight, whether you like it or not. It's true. Yeah, and sometimes I got this, see, I got this thing going tonight. I'm like, I feel like Smith Wigglesworth tonight just a little bit. Yeah. You know what he said? He said, God, if you won't move, I'll move you. I'll, I'll declare who you are, and I'll declare who you, what you do, and you'll have no option. Come on, did you know you can move God? Oh, you bet you can, yeah. You bring him into remembrance of his word because he's bound to his word, to perform his word. And so when I preach the gospel word, he's going to show up and perform his word. So I know, I'll tell you ahead of time, people are going to be healed in here tonight. Even if this place is totally filled with unbelief, Jesus can still heal people. So you might as well get your unbelief gone. Just get that off. Just, you know. Out unbelief in Jesus' name, you know. We don't need that anyway, right? That doesn't do anything for anybody except make you some kind of a critic or a religious or something, right? And there, nobody in here wants to be like that. <laughs> That's true. All right, tonight, open your Bibles if you want to follow along. I'm going to preach shorter, less tonight, because I want to do more stuff and less preaching. And I hope that's all right with you. But, you know, I used, to preach, I used to preach 90 minutes, and then I used to preach 60, and then I used to preach 45, and now I preach whatever I feel like. Hey, hallelujah. <laughs> but anyway, this is what the Lord told me two years ago. He said, less message, more ministry. Less message, more ministry. He said, if preaching was going to get the job done, the church would have been there a long time ago. A <laughs> lot less message, a lot more ministry. He said, say a little and do a lot. They'll get it more than if you say a lot and do nothing or do a little. Hey! That's pretty smart, isn't he? Anyway, so I am going to preach long enough to get the message done, but that's going to be long enough. Hey. All right? Tonight I want to talk to you about a, a word. A word. But it's a powerful word. And uh, it's the word today. All right? And uh, we need to hear this word. I need to hear this word. It's a, it's a word the church needs to hear uh, about. It's a, it's a word we need to activate. And this is why. For many of us, the things of God seem futuristic or they seem far off or they seem somewhere else, some other place, some other day. That's really, you know, how the kingdom is for a lot of us. And so we spend our time believing and thinking that, you know, someday something's going to happen for us. Uh, but when that happens, we become like prisoners of hope. Prisoners of hope held captivated by the someday, somewhere, someplace, my ship's going to come in. And as these prisoners of hope, we, we, we become like a seed, you know, in the ground. And so there we are. We have the full potential to do everything. But until the water and until the, you know, the heat comes, it's like, what are we going to do? We're just going to stay dormant in the ground. Now, what do we do about that? There are many words in Scripture that are prophetic triggers. Prophetic triggers. You got that word? They are prophetic triggers and uh, they are intended to release the fullness of the promise or the fullness of the import of that word 
of a biblical truth in a given time. So if you understand that there are biblical triggers in the Word and you connect with them, the moment you connect with them, they release what they have in them. Come on. So there are words that have the ability to release the fullness of the promises of God, and there are words that simply need to have prophetic pressure applied to the trigger because when it's applied, they will manifest. They will happen. They will come forth. Uh, You will taste, see, experience, enter in. All the things that are in that word are fully available to be released when you put enough pressure on it, on the trigger, and believe it and enter into it. And so tonight we're going to put pressure on a word. Prophetic pressure, just like Elijah, as we taught uh, the other morning in, in the intercessors class, Elijah prayed seven times until all of creation aligned with his word and manifested what he said. He put prophetic pressure seven times on the word of God until all of creation had no other option but to conform to that word and manifest the word. Did you know that? Did you know that all creation is filled with the DNA of God? All of creation is created to respond to his word. It has no option. It has to. Yeah, so when you speak the word of God, a prophetic word or the word of God into the atmosphere, the atmosphere has to respond and come into that form, that shape, that, yeah. That's why you can speak to bones. That's why I speak to whatever and it happens because I know it has no option. There's no option. If I say leg grow, the leg can't say "Uh uh-uh because it would be in rebellion against God. And the creation does not rebel against God. Only you and I are the only part of creation that rebels against God. The rest of it fell into corruption, and we're here to restore it. Hey, anyway, you with me? Prophetic triggers. And so I believe that there's a body of believers that are arising and coming forth into the earth right now who are going to understand this concept of prophetic pressure how to identify triggers and how to put pressure on them. And I believe that there is a generation that I'm looking at tonight that is going to activate this very God-given ability that you and I have as sons and daughters of the living God. And all the spiritual blessings in heavenly places are going to all of a sudden become manifested in earthly places. Come on. How do you get those things from there to here? If we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, hallelujah, Bless the Lord. That's positional. But how do you get them tangible? How do you get them from there to here? If we're blessed with everything there, I'm not there right now. I'm here. Although I can be there and here at the same time. But I'm here. Mostly. At the moment. (laughs) Prophetic declarations. Decrease. You speak the word of God. Angels are assigned to the word of God. Come on. They go get the... Did you ever notice that angels ascend and descend? People think that angels come down from heaven. No, if you read the Bible, they're here. They're waiting to hear something out of our mouths so they can ascend and then descend. Hey, come on. The Word of God is, is, is powerful. It's ours. It's a releaser. I believe there's going to be a group of people that are going to lay hold of this mystery. The mystery of His will, the mystery of the gospel, and who are going to activate the fullness of it in our lifetime. We're going to see it. I believe it. I've got to believe it. Otherwise... I've got to go to heaven and stay there. You heard what I'm saying? I don't want to be here. If that potential is not available to me here now, I don't want to be here. Why be here? 
If it's all there, why be here? You hear what I'm saying? Why would I want to be here if there's no potential for the kingdom to fully manifest here? Just take me out and take me there. I'm not going to spend my time doing nothing here lived in, uh, as a prisoner of hope and total frustration my entire life waiting for the kingdom. Come on, give me a break. We have the ability to bring that kingdom, that realm, that kingdom of heaven here and manifest the kingdom of God in here, out of here. Come on. So I'm not going to live my life in frustration. I believe that by the word of God and by myself being a son of God, I can speak and declare and release and activate the word of God Creation is going to respond to it. Heaven is going to respond to it. The angels are going to respond to it. And I'm going to be a supernatural being. Hey! And see the supernatural presence of God. My job is to bring His kingdom come and His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, so are you with me? I mean, you've got to get your mind, you know, uh, you know, understanding that, but then you've got to get your mind out of the equation. You know... Have you, you have had Jeff here. He probably tells you a lot less, less of this and more of this. Less of this and more of this. That's the problem with a lot of us. We have too much of this and not enough of this, right? We, you know, right here we have the paralysis of analysis. It'll get you. Oh, yeah. It'll get you. You know, we're a spirit being, and we try to operate in a spirit being with a carnal mind, and it doesn't work. Well, anyway, Hallelujah. So I'm telling you these things because we have the ability to see the kingdom of God manifest not someday, but today. Today. Tonight. Right now. This very moment. We don't have to wait. It's not up to God when the kingdom comes. Did you know that? Oh. It's not up to God. He's, it's up to us. I know that messes with you, doesn't it? But it's up to us. So I choose tonight to see the kingdom of God activated. And I'm going to have a party with the Lord whether you want to or not. I am, right now, right here. Hallelujah. So let's go together. Let's do this together, should we? I know you're awesome people. I really have had a good time meeting and talking with you and some of the staff and the people. I haven't found anybody I don't like yet. That's really good. You're all awesome. You really are. You're good. <laughs> All right, you in Zechariah chapter 9? We've got to look at this word today because it's a prophetic trigger. It's a prophetic trigger. It's a word that is awaiting our full intention, our full attention, because it has the ability to release the prisoners of hope. All right? Here it is, Zechariah chapter 9. Now, we're going to get to some sick, sticky stuff here. There's going to be some stuff going on here for a minute, but then it's going to clear up and we'll be okay, all right? Hey, watch out. Here it comes. Verse 9, Zechariah 9, verse 9. I love this word in the Bible. It says, rejoice. Don't you love the word rejoice? I like that word. You know what it means? It means to spin around violently in happiness and joy and celebration. So when you see the word rejoice and it hits all us conservative people, we go, I ain't doing that. Ain't going to be spinning around on my watch. Well, then you're not rejoicing. But you can. Anyway, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, and shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Hallelujah. goes on to say, I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. 
The battle bow shall be cut off. He shall speak peace to the nations, and his dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Now, verse 11. Ready? Here we go. But as for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Mm, what a place to be. A waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today, I declare that I will restore double to you. For I have bent Judah my bow, fitted the bow with Ephraim, and raised up your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece. Better run, sons of Greece, where you got the chance. Uh, and made you like the sword of a mighty man. Hey, hey. God's going to put a sword in some of your hands for a few minutes tonight. Yeah, they're going to put a bow in some of your hands tonight. He's going to put some arrows in your quiver in just a minute. We're going to take just a minute and do some stuff before we move on in the message. Hey, we've got some stuff to do tonight. You go, this is creepy and a weird message. Hey, we're going to get it done. You know what we say in America? Don't you know the redneck thing? Get her done. That's what we're going to do. My friend Bobby Connor, that's what he thinks Jesus said when he was on the cross. Get her done! Anyway, you know, that's not blasphemous. That's what he said. It's finished, right? That's basically get it done anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, see, now you're seeing the side of me going, well, he's pretty good last night, but he's kind of, mm-hmm, today. No, it's the same me, just lightening up a little bit. This is an amazing passage of Scripture, an amazing passage of Scripture. God speaks of a day when the prisoners of hope, when the prisoners of hope will be released from the waterless pit. He speaks of a day. And as I read the Scripture, the Holy Spirit began to give me understanding of when and how that could happen. And as I looked through here, I found out that there's a prophetic trigger here to activate this truth. And the prophetic trigger is right there in verse 12. It is the word today. It says, even today I declare I will restore double to you. Today is a prophetic trigger that we can put pressure on. Today is the trigger we can put faith-filled pressure upon to, to launch us into that truth and release that truth to operate in our lives. When you see the word today, it brings you into a time zone. It brings you into a, a reality of time. It brings you into a prophetic continuum. It brings you into a portal. It brings you into a release. It brings you into a place of consciousness in the realm of the Spirit that there is something accessible to you, not someday, not another day, not another place, but today right here. You with me? Come on, you've got to enter into this thing. You've got to step into it. Today is an important word. When you see words like this in the Bible, they mean something. They mean something for you personally. There's an access point for you. There's a trigger that, that you can put pressure on and release. Now, as we read through the Scripture, verses 9 and 10 describe what Jesus did at His first coming at the triumphal entry. Aren't you uh, amazed? I am. Yeah. He says, hey, oh daughter, rejoice. Your king's coming to you. And He did. He's come. He came, didn't He? Right? So that's a fulfilled Scripture. But in uh, verse 11 and 12, it describes what God's going to do uh, uh, now, 
And then here in verse 13, it describes how God intends to, to, to implement this plan of his today and how he's going to release the prisoners of hope into a double blessing and how he intends to establish them in the spirit, if you will, uh, to overcome the effects and the efforts and the resistance of the flesh. So tonight we're going to kill some flesh. Yeah. Now, how's this plan going to work? Well, it says here that God is going to raise up sons of Zion. Who are sons of Zion? Well, read Psalms 125, verse 1. They're they're basically sold out, dedicated, 100% believers. God's going to raise up sons of Zion, spiritual sons of maturity and understanding that are filled with the Holy Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit that are restored to the stronghold of Zion to the dwelling place in the presence of God. These sons, he's going to equip them with the bow of Judah. And as they come into his presence by a new and living way, this bow is going to begin to come into their hand because Judah means praise. And so this bow is going to come forth when they begin to enter into high praise and declaration. Come on. And God's going to uh, take notice of that praise. And as they begin to praise God, out of the stronghold of Zion, they're going to be outfitted with these bows as they minister the word of the Lord to him in prayer and praise. <laughs> Sheba, got an angel right there. That's pretty cool. Hey, we're getting somewhere already. See, watch out. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's getting better already. Okay, that's good. Anyway, as we minister to God in prayer and in praise uh, and proclaim his name and proclaim his deeds, out of the stronghold of Zion, God places this bow of Judah in our hands. All right? And then through this humble praise and prayer and worship unto God, he bends us like a bow. And as we're bent like a bow in this high place of praise, then he takes an arrow of Ephraim, which means double blessing. Ephraim means double blessing. And he knocks it, if you will, onto the string, places it into the bow. And then when we hit the high praise, he goes, poof, and lets it go. He releases the arrow of double blessing. He raises us up, if you will, in spirit and truth in that place. And it is in that place that we overcome the sons of Greece. I want you to know that you and I are living to overcome the sons of Greece. Now, who are the sons of Greece? Well, they are symbolic, if you will, to those sons who have a carnal mind, to those believers who are living and trying to operate the kingdom in the flesh, who are resisting the things of the Holy Spirit. Come on, that's who they are. Human effort and human strength. It's these people that are trying to operate and live in the kingdom like that. They're resisting the move of the Holy Spirit. And God says, I'm against them. Isn't that amazing? Did you know God is against you if you resist Him? Hey, who's going to win? Well, I'm just going to be against that. I don't like that. So I'm. Well, hey, you better think it through. Come on. God's going to do some stuff here. He is doing some stuff. And so these sons of Zion are coming upon the scene, and they're going to overcome these sons of of Greece, because, and we know that the Greeks, you know, are basically the carnal minded because the Jews seek a sign, but the Greeks seek wisdom, right? 
And it's the Revelation 18 demonic wisdom. That's what they seek. And they're trying to operate in the holy church with demonic wisdom. The wisdom of God is first pure, peaceable. Come on, you there? The wisdom of the enemy is divisive. Come on. Have you read about it in Scripture? It's, it's demonic. It's unclean. It's, it's manipulative. It's coercing. Well, anyway, got to get this done before we can go on. You're all getting nervous, I can tell. Anyway, the sons of Zion, their purpose is to overcome unbelief and overcome the sons of Greece, overcome carnality, overcome the world and dead religion, and set the people free from the waterless pit. Yeah. From no outpouring, from a place of no revelation, to a place of outpouring and a place of refreshing and restoration and revelation. That's what these sons of Zion are going to do. They're going to release the prisoners of hope into the double blessing. What's the double blessing? Now, this is pretty exciting. 2 Timothy 1.10 tells us what the double blessing is. It says this, it's abundant life now. And that word life there is, is the word zoe, which means the God kind of abundant, supernatural, overcoming life that's complete and full and without want. Hey, that's one blessing that happens now. The second blessing is eternal life forever in his presence. That's the double blessing. That's on the arrow of Ephraim that comes in the bow of Judah. And I'll tell you, because the sons of Greece are all heavenly minded, they have no concept of the kingdom manifesting in the earth. So they resist the manifestation of the kingdom in the earth, in the church, in the believers' lives. They resist it. And so God says those houses of faith like that, call it faith, houses of religion, houses of gatherings, God says those are sons of Greece and the people in them or the people that think like them are stuck in a waterless pit as a prisoner of hope, waiting for someday, somewhere, someplace, come on, somehow. And God says, no, he said, I'm going to raise up sons of Zion and I'm going to prove to the sons of Greece that the kingdom is present now, it is operational now, there is the blessing now, there is power now, there is healing, salvation, deliverance, come on, the whole package, it's now. And I'm going to raise up the sons of Zion, the sons of the Spirit. I'm going to raise them up, and in the place of high praise and declaration, I'm going to put a bow of Judah in their hand. I'm going to fit it with the arrow of Ephraim, and I'm going to begin to shoot it right in the midst of every place of unbelief and doubt and discouragement and lifelessness. I'm going to shoot these arrows. I'm going to send these sons of Zion in there, and I'm going to manifest the fullness of my kingdom, and I'm going to release the other half of my unbelieving church from the waterless pit. By the sons of Zion. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, so you can either be a church of sons of Zion, or you can be sons of Greek, Greece. Now, I know I'm messing with you. I know I put my finger right where we went, owie. I know some of you went, I don't like that guy anymore. I'm leaving just as soon as I can today. That's my job. You see, if I touch, touch something in your life, that's my job. And it's not me. It's the Spirit of God saying, hey. Where are you at? Hey, are you resisting? Well, I'm not resisting. Are you sure? Have you set your own standard and your own level of holiness and righteousness? Have you established your own comfortable level with the kingdom of God operating? Have you determined what your level is or what his level is? If you've determined what his level is, then you've slid into a son of Greece. Hey. Oh. Ow. Stop it. 
No, you, you, this church wants to go on to the next place. Wants to go on to the next level. So you've got to get somebody in here and do a little surgery. Ow! Stop it! I don't like you anymore. Quit saying those things. I could be a son of grease if I want to. You sure can. But I'm going to tell you what. You hang around in here as a son of grease. The sons of Zion are going to splish splash on you. Yeah, you're going to get delivered out of your waterless pit. Isn't it, isn't it awesome that we have a God that doesn't want us in a waterless pit? I mean, just think about it. He's so good. He said, my body's my body, and all my sons are sons, but there are faithful sons, and then there are unfaithful sons. You know how it is in a family? So they're all sons. God's so good, he says, I'm going to take my faithful sons, and I'm going to awaken and refresh and deliver my unfaithful sons. Because they're all his, right? So God does that within the body. And I'm telling you that God's doing that now. That's something that God's doing right now. It's really uncomfortable for some people on both sides. It's like there's a holy tension that they don't understand. Something's going on, and they're losing control. Hallelujah. So God says he's going to do this thing. Now, I'm just going to say a prayer, all right? We're just going to get something done right now. We're just going to handle some issues right now, then we're going to move on to this message. Because I was waiting upon the Lord this afternoon, and I had a dream earlier tonight, or yet last early this morning, whenever it was, hallelujah. And the Lord showed me some stuff that I'm not going to elaborate on, but I've got to deal with it. I've got to deal with a slippery, slimy thing that's holding back a move of God. It's a stronghold. Been here a long time. In this area, this region, a long time. And God says, I want you to get that thing tonight. So we're going to get it. All right? We're going to do it. And I'm going to tell you what it is. It has to do with unbelief. But it is the full manifestation of a Greek mindset manifested in a marine spirit over this place. Masked behind a polished idol that's been in this land for a long time. Isn't it amazing how God shows you things when you come into a territory? And you all have been laboring under that, wondering why you can't break through the next level. It's a stronghold that you've become so familiar with, you're just accustomed to living with it, and you're not aware that it's here. It's like we do with things, you know? Something is around all the time, so it's just like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. Right? So I come in, and you go, see that thing right there? Why are you living with that? Well, it's always been here. Well, let's make it not always here anymore. Let's, you know, hey. Right? Now, I know this is weird, and I know, you know, we're going to move into miracles. You go, well, what are you doing? You're doing stronghold stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to move forward, right? There's nothing to be ashamed of. You didn't miss anything. You're not weak or unspiritual. I'm telling you, it's just, you know, what we've got to do, okay? You've been doing good. But you want to go, so we're going to go to the next level, all right? Now, listen, I'm going to ask God to put a bow in each one of your hands. We're all going to do this together, right? You with me? This has to be a corporate thing, all right? So if all of you are going to get a spiritual bow put in your hand, some of you will feel it, some of you won't. It doesn't matter if you feel it or not. Just do it by faith, all right? 
And, and, and uh, then we're going to let God put the bow of uh, the arrow of Ephraim in it, all right? And I want you to think of everything of unbelief that's in your life or everything that's unbelief here, but I want you to target it at the son of, uh, sons of Greece at, at this particular stronghold, all right? And just think of a, just, if you don't know anything else, just think of a marine spirit out off your coast here because it's a marine spirit. Hey, that's how it came in, right? And just aim your arrow there. We're going to say, praise the Lord, oh my soul. Praise the Lord. And we're going to go. Right? You got it? Where's that um, little gal that plays guitar? Can she come up here for a minute? How spontaneous are you there? Am I putting you on the spot? I don't want to embarrass you, but I need your help. Okay? So we got to find a key that I can sing high and left with you. All right? Yeah? Yeah? Are you good for that? Okay, so I'll let you get set up. All right? Or you could just play acoustically. It's probably okay. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. Now listen how this thing works. In Luke chapter four, there's an amazing passage of scripture, and this is what Jesus said. In verse seventeen, he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. But watch. Then he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on because he said something different. He brought a scripture out and he spoke it, not just repeating the words, but he spoke it as one in authority to cause that to happen. Something was different. All their eyes were fixed on him and he didn't disappoint them. This is what he said. Verse 21. And he began to say to them, here it is, here's the prophetic trigger. He said this, after he just read all this, he said, Today, when? Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What does that mean? That means anytime you hear this scripture, it's fulfilled in your hearing. It's your today. When's your today? Whenever you hear this and believe it, it becomes your today. We're living in a prophetic time period called today. When you hear this, everything in here can manifest when? Today. It's fulfilled when? Today. Not tomorrow. Today. It's not someday. It's not another day. It's not some other place. It's where you are. The minute you hear it, it's your today. You catching it? It's your today. When's it ever going to be my day? Today. When's my ship coming in? Today. When's my healing coming? Today. When's my deliverance coming? Today. Come on. 
You there? It becomes your day, the day that you see this. It becomes your today. That's how it works. Salvation is received. Come on. The brokenhearted can be bound up. The captives can be liberated. The blind can see. Deliverance for the oppressed. The acceptable year of God, which is an amazing thing. It basically says whatever you sold yourself into to survive, God says be liberated and come back into the holy calling of God. Come back to your land. Come back to your vision. Come back to your family. Serve me, not that. It's the day of liberation. As the sons of Zion release this worship and this word, we're going to release the prisoners of the waterless pit. Hallelujah. The moment you believe, the moment you believe, instant power comes from this word to manifest in your life. When? Today. The moment you believe it, salvation comes, healing comes, deliverance comes. It becomes your today. Instantly. Not some other day, but today. On the day that God raised up Christ to be seated at his right hand, victorious over all the power of the enemy. You know what he said? He said this, today I have begotten you. Today you become my son. That's what he said. Today. See, God backed up what Jesus said. He said today. Everything you said, Jesus, it's true. I'm declaring it even now from heavenly places. You declared it in earthly places. I'm going to declare it in heavenly places. Today you become my son today. When you and I were born again, you know what God said in heaven? Today, you become my son. Now, sit at my uh, right hand until all your enemies become your footstool. All my enemies become my footstool. Sit there with me. Come on, are you there? Today, when you were born again, it became your today. You became a son when you were born again. Jesus said, now be seated at my right hand. Come on, be seated with me here in a place of ruling. Until all thy enemies become my footstool. Hey, that's pretty awesome, don't you think? I think that's pretty awesome. The deal comes to this place. Are we going to enter in or not? Are we going to believe it's today? In Hebrews chapter 3, it says this. Verse 7, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of the trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me and tried me, saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation. I said, they will always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they should not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Isn't that amazing that God calls unbelief having an evil heart? It's pretty amazing, isn't it? But it says, exhort one another daily why it is called today. I'm exhorting you today while it's called today to get everything that's available to you today. Are you with me? We do it today lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. What's sin? Unbelief. What happens? I stand up here today and I said, God's going to heal you tonight. And you go, oh, yeah, maybe. Or you get a word of God. He's going to heal you. 
or He's going to prosper you, or He's going to liberate you, and you go out into the world by all the unbelievers, and all their talk and all their counsel takes away your faith. It steals it. causes you to go into unbelief and doubt. That's what this means here. Lest you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. The, the Scripture goes on to say that people could not be healed. They could not be liberated. They could not be free. They could not obtain their inher- inheritance. They could not enter into that rest. Verse 19 says because uh, of unbelief. We have a mandate as a generation, brothers and sisters. Listen to me. I believe the mandate on our generation is to obliterate and do away with unbelief. It can't be here. Just as Israel had to overcome idolatry, I believe the primary object of the church of Jesus Christ, number one, is to be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ, but number two, it's to rid a generation of unbelief. I believe with all my heart. I believe that's our charge. I believe we're supposed to do that. There has to be some generation that overcomes unbelief. Somehow, some church, right? I know a church up in Seattle, Washington. I was just there a while ago. They had not one sick person in that church for 20 years, count it, 20. Not a sick person ever. And I found out after that there are multiple churches in the world that have existed that had no sick people in it. This church was pastored by a guy by the name of E.W. Kenyon. What did he preach? The gospel of the kingdom. No sick people. 20 years. Holy Pastor. When did it happen? Well, it ended in 1947. It was 1927 to 1947. Isn't that wild? No sick people. What are we going to do about this unbelief? Well, there's good news. We don't have to stay in the waterless pit. We don't have to stay in unbelief. We can enter in. Now, this is what it says in chapter 4 of Hebrews. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, lest any of us fear that you have seemed to come short of it, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as as well to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. Not being mixed with faith. It didn't profit them because the word wasn't mixed with faith in those who heard it. But watch verse 3. For we who have believed do enter that rest. When you believe tonight that Jesus Christ set you into a time period, a prophetic place of receiving, a portal, if you will, a a place you can enter in, a place that you can believe the word, if you will believe me tonight, listen, if you will believe me tonight that it's your today, uh, the moment you believe, it's your today. Everything that's in that word in Luke 4.18 is immediately yours, fully. Not partially, fully. Not someday, not another day, but today. Are you with me? Totally yours. It's not an option. It's a prophetic trigger. You pull it and the word comes in. It manifests. It's released. It's your today. So today becomes your day of healing. Today becomes your day of deliverance. Today becomes your day of recovery. Today becomes your day of restoration. Today becomes your day of liberation. When? Today. Well, I'm just going to wait around and get healed in the rapture. 
No, you're not. That might surprise you. I was doing a crusade not too long ago, and there was a sweet little lady sitting in the back row, and people were being healed all over, every kind of sickness, every kind of disease, wonderful miracles happening all over, and I was watching her. And the Lord said, talk to her. So I said, ma'am, you believe you're going to get healed in the rapture, don't you? And she said, I am going to be healed in the rapture. And I said, no, you're not. She said, yes, I am. And I said, I have it on good word of the Lord tonight that he's not going to heal anybody in the rapture. What do you mean? I mean this. He's coming back for a bride that has not spot nor wrinkle, that's victorious, that's overcoming. He's not going to heal anybody in the rapture. He's going to heal you before. So if you just think, well, I'm going to hang on, Jesus, you know, stop hanging on. You see, your mind right there has already told you, your body, that it's not going to be healed until Jesus comes. Is that right? I know I'm messing with you. That's what I mean. It's either today or it's not. This word is either true or it's not, right? Is that right? So tonight you can either choose to get rid of unbelief and become a son of Zion, or you can remain a son of Greece and resist the Holy Spirit and resist the truth and serve a lesser God and give a testimony and a witness of a lesser God to this community and this place. You can go around with your sickness and your disease, no condemnation on you, but you hear what I'm saying? You can go around down, busted, disgusted, and everything else. You can be all broke up, whacked up. Hallelujah, I serve the living God. You do? Are you sure? You look like that and you serve the living God? You talk like that, you act like that, and you serve the, the living God? Well, I'll just stay with mine. Thanks very much. I'm doing better than you. Whoa. I'm provoking you today. I'm provoking you. I'm unsettling you. I'm untangling you. I'm untying you. Come on. Church is not going to be as usual anymore. Can't be. Something's got to change, doesn't it? What do you think has to change? Well, if you point your finger right here, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good place to start. We can't point here. Well, this guy, when he figures it out, you know. <laughs> or when this precious up one up here when she you know when she finally gets the music you know flowing hey yeah. right that doesn't work it's your choice it's your decision Paul said stir yourself up into your holy calling he didn't tell the pastor to stir you up he didn't tell the worship leader he said stir yourself up God stir me up he said stir yourself up You there? God heal me. I did. God save me. I did. God kill the devil. Do him in. I did. What? We keep asking God to do something he's already done. Instead of being a son or a daughter and enforcing and living out and laying hold of the victim. You with me? Come on.
And I'm not here to bring condemnation. Don't, don't go there. Don't feel bad. That's not my job. I don't want to put condemnation on anybody. That's not my job. My job is to say, you know what? There's a greater. There's more. This isn't the place where we have to live. This isn't the final moment of, you know, the highest place of our spiritual experience. We're not done. We're just getting started. Honestly. Where you are today is not going to be where you are next year, a year from now, in the Spirit. You're going to be way higher. It's true. Way, way higher. Now, are you ready to get healed? Did you know I'm not going to heal you? Hey, I am messing with you. Aren't you going to lay hands on me? No. Are you going to get demons out of me tonight? Yeah. Are you going to yeah, yell at them? No. I don't have any demons. You have a chronic illness? That's probably a spirit of affliction. Probably a spirit of infirmity. How about how about you get healed of that and cancel out your prescription that you don't have to have, you know, you get a raise instantly. I know. I know. I know. Are you ready? I'm ready. You doing okay? You doing okay? All right. I've been, I'm, I'm known for wearing out the band. So I, the Lord told me to do this in five waves, all right? Five waves of His Spirit. Listen, God's going to back up His Word tonight. Today is your day. You're going to get healed, all right? The first thing He told me to do tonight was to have a healing parade. What's a healing parade? It's a Colossians 2.15 parade where he, uh, you know, overcame the principalities and powers and he triumphed them over them openly. You know what that meant? That means that he had an open parade. He paraded his, his victory and their defeat before all of the public. Hey, now I want you to take your sick body and I want you to begin to parade it. Come on, put it on display. Because it's going to get healed when you get in the parade. Now listen, we're going to heal bodies, then we're going to heal diseases. Okay, there's an order that the Lord showed me how He wants to do this. Then we're going to uh, deal with the whole uh, issue of being oppressed. All right? That could be your emotions. That could be your soul. That could be, you know, uh, uh, long-term illnesses. That could be all sorts of things like that. So the first thing, we're going to heal your bodies that are worn out, tired, busted, broke up, you know, that kind of body stuff. Then we're going to heal, you know, your diseases because they are a dis-ease. In other words, they've taken you out of your ease. And God wants to put you back in the rest. He wants to put you back in the ease, right? And he said... Psalms 103, right? I'm, I'm the one who heals your diseases. Forget not all my benefits. So we're going to put a draw on the benefit of God tonight. And then we're going to deal with the brokenhearted. Oh yeah. God's going to bind up the brokenhearted. There's an anointing to bind up the brokenhearted tonight. God's going to touch you and bind you up. Because it says in 3 John 2, may you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Some of us are sick because our soul's sick. You know, there was recently a study done in the United States, and the doctors said this. 
in a very well-known study that over 90% of every illness is related to an emotional issue in your life. Isn't that something? Over 90%. So they said, how many of these are you curing? And the doctors admitted that they only cure 10% of the people that come to them. The rest of them, they just medicate so they can live with their symptoms. Aren't you glad we have a God that doesn't just medicate you? Aren't you have a God that doesn't hit at 90%, he hits at 100%? All right. Now, if you have sickness in your body, I want you to stand up. Not disease. This is a body that has something broken, busted, worn out. Are you with me? Like just because you're alive in a corrupted earth, that kind of an owie, you know, if you'll stand. Just stand up. All right? We're going to do this in order. Now, I'm just going to begin to pray over you for just a moment. And then I'm going to ask that you do something really bizarre, really goofy. I'm going to ask that you begin to just make a circle around the, these two aisles here just for a moment. I'm just going to have a parade, right? You're going to go on public display in your healthy body that victory has come and the enemy's been defeated. Did you know God likes to put on you on open display? Yeah. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I speak over these bodies. Lord, every part that's worn out, I call healed. Every muscle that's out of order, I call healed. Every every joint and every, uh, Lord, uh, mobility issue right now, I see things. I see a right ankle. I see a, I see a pain. I see even someone recently sprained a right ankle. Uh, I see uh, issues in the toes, even up the ankle. I see someone that has uh, one. Uh, well, I see all. Oh, okay, there's, yeah, both knees come in. Uh, one, the, the left knee particularly is, is, uh, is a, one of you has an athletic issue with your left knee. Right now, God's healing the left knee of an athletic injury. Also, another one has uh, uh, issues with jogging, and you've had to stop jogging. So, Lord, I, I call healing into those uh, jo- bones and joints from jogging. Uh, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see, uh, I see uh, uh, some elderly that have bone loss. So, Father, I just speak bone upon bone. I call the bones to, to strengthen. I call the, the joints to come set. I see issues also in the back and the structure of the spine. God, I speak to every spine. Align. Strengthen. Bone. Joints. Marrows. Come. I see a rotator cuff on the right side that's uh, painful, uh, that's sticking, clicking. Uh, I see that in Jesus' name. Uh, hallelujah. I see someone that has... Uh, uh, on the left side, there's issues with the, the rib or the muscle here. Uh, also, I see someone that had a break uh, or a, a lot of damage on your left arm, the upper area of your arm. So, Lord, I call that restored. And so, Lord, I just speak to the, all the mobility issues from the toes all the way up to the hips and from the back structure, God, all the way through the arms. Uh, wow, tendonitis. Who's got the tendon? Or not tendonitis. It's, it's carpal tunnel is what it is. That's you. Jesus, I speak to that carpal tunnel in the name of the Lord. I call that carpal tunnel canceled, and I say, restored like you. Mobility, pain-free movement, no, no, no uh, tension, and no weariness in it. In Jesus' name, and there is a tennis elbow too. Who's got that? Yeah. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I speak to that tennis elbow. Lord, I say right now, tennis elbow, you're restored. Pain's out, mobility's back, swelling's gone, no fatigue, no flaring up. Cancel forever now in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus.